0: your creativity episode 24 creativity is contagious pass it on einstein you're listening to the own your creativity podcast with me your host elizabeth johnston want to put some creativity in your life but aren't sure how to go about it? Go to bit.ly forward slash five reasons you should write all lowercase one word for a free infographic with five reasons why you should get writing today. That's bit.ly forward slash five reasons you should write. Hello everybody and welcome to the show. Today I'm going to be talking to Fred Rosenzweig. Before I introduce him though, I want to give you a heads up about the sound quality of today's interview. When we recorded it, I didn't realize that the air conditioning running in the background would affect the sound. Newbie mistake! (laughs) And despite applying noise removal to the audio track, it is not as clear listening as it usually is. Still, I think you'll enjoy hearing from my guest today. He is an instructor and program developer at Concordia University John Molson School of Business. Fred has honed his own creativity with 30 years of experience as a management consultant and trainer and is an expert in the field of innovation, creativity and thinking. He is president of MindRange, the Institute for Thinking Development, found at www.mindrange.com, a Montreal-based consulting and training organization conducting programs for private and public organizations worldwide. Fred's clients include Verizon, Air Canada, ICAO, Pfizer, Merck, IBM, Alcan, Bell Helicopter, and Ericsson. Welcome to the show, Fred.
1: Thank you very much, Elizabeth.
0: So I'm really happy to have you on the show today because you come to the topic of creativity from a little different angle than what we've heard so far on the show. And I think that for many, creativity and business are mutually exclusive terms. So how did you come to realize the importance of creativity in business?
1: Well, I got into creativity first as an educator, uh, teaching in colleges and universities uh, and, uh, that's a longer story. And I got into thinking and thinking differently that way. And then I realized, and I taught teachers how to teach it and so forth. And then I realized that, uh, I've always been interested in organizations and organizational change. And, uh, before I was doing creativity, I was looking at cha- how organizations change and develop new cultures, both schools and like alternative schools and, uh, uh, various uh, new forms of, of educating that we are developing. And then I got into looking at new forms of business and the creativity of business. And actually, I don't think business and creativity are incompatible. I think they're at, it's absolutely essential. Mm-hmm. And that's more and more the case in uh, rapidly changing technological, sociological, social every, every way. Uh, the business change is really happening at warp speed, and those that don't change, unless you're in a I, I I mean, there's some businesses that are a little more resistant, but almost all of them are, and in some cases, their entire framework for doing business is changed right from under them, like the taxi industry with Uber, mm-hmm. or many other or the or the or the hotel intri- uh, industry, um, with with other online apps that we can that you can do like airbnb right. so so business is an area that needs to change or die and people um uh, uh, people who found businesses you usually see tremendous creativity and innovative stories behind the early founders of any new business whether it's from henry ford or edison or anybody else um right up to elon musk and uh, tesla and and so forth. So business is an incredibly big area. I got into that in transferring from more from education to business uh, in the 1980s when I went to the McGill Executive Institute and I said, uh, I would like to teach creative thinking. Um, And there had not been courses of business creativity before that. Uh, And Funnily enough, and it was really seen as something for ad agencies, like Mad Men, or something like that. Um, and uh, the, the initial people we got were often small entrepreneurs, or uh, you know, individual business people, marketing people, uh, advertising people, writers, etc. But in the last decade or even more, The types of people who are signing up for creativity courses are, in business schools, in my experience, are technical people, are uh, engineers. Okay. Uh,
0: Why do you think that is?
1: Because it's come to be realized, I mean, that's part of the whole right brain, left brain thing, that there are different modes of thinking. And that the technical business mode or the logical analytical mode is not enough to get you where you want. And in fact the best engineering schools now have creative problem solving courses. So you're not just looking at technical things about strength and material and those kind of, and, and, and analysis, but you're also looking at creative problem solving and the way architects have always done. Uh, looking at solutions and how their buildings should 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 interact with people and so forth and so on
0: and the right. environment
1: around them. So thinking more there's two aspects is one is thinking more broadly and not with blinkers on, um, which is um, what I call TV disease, tunnel vision, right. and and so opening up, for example, you're building a building, don't just think of the building, think of what's next to the building, what's surrounding it, maybe mm-hmm. the, the future use after this generation, uh, mm. recyclable materials, that's thinking more broadly, that's not necessarily creative, Creat- creative thinking is thinking differently, and you there's... A branch of engineering called value engineering, which is looking at how we can use different materials or build differently to get better value out of them. and in fact the whole quality movement that happened in Japan, as we know it with uh, the Japanese cars that took over the market for nothing. Now that now the Korean cars, the Hyundai's and Kias, and so forth, um, and, and, and electronics like Samsung. Uh, have built their businesses on a tremendous amount of thinking about how can we do everything differently to be at least more efficient mm-hmm. or to provide new functionality. Right. Uh, so business is an area where uh, it's a myth that creativity isn't going on. And uh, as you know, I use a term called myth-takes.
0: Yes, I wanted you to elaborate uh, on those four myth-takes.
1: Well, I don't myth. Uh, first of all but (laughs) myth myth takes are something uh, are things that are their beliefs or concepts uh, or opinions that are very widely held that's why they're mythic they're they're myths Mm -hmm. Uh, and at the same time they're wrong which makes the mistakes so you put mistakes and myths together and you have a myth take
0: <laughs> I think that's great. It's, so, a,
1: it's a mistake that's widely believed, and yeah. there are many myth takes. And one of the ones you just enunciated is that creativity and business are antithetical. Uh, right. I'm sure.
0: So, what is the, um, the consequence of believing in these myth uh, takes?
1: Well, the consequence of believing anything wrong <laughs> is that you're not aligned with reality. Mm. What's right, and I mean, it's it's fine if it's a, you know, it's interesting the the debates over religion where people are saying you know that your religion is wrong or your beliefs are wrong or whatever. Uh, a lot of what humans believe is simply a construct. The notion of marriage is a construct. They're social inventions. I mean, we didn't emerge from. Uh, from the Paleolithic age, with notions such as marriage, notions such as society, notions such as democracy, notions such as equality, uh, and uh, all of these things that are virtues that our societies are built around. They're really myths, in the sense of widely held beliefs. But some of them are very, very useful. Uh, the notion of democracy, or fair play, or no consent with with, with no-governing without know, consent of the government. These are all, you know, operating myths, if you like, or beliefs or constructs they are based on certain values. But um, I think the things that have made humans great and wonderful is that they can invent constructs. They can invent cultures which have sets of values and beliefs and everything else. And that's probably the greatest uh, thing that humans have done. It's not tools. It's not... It, you know, it's not el- discovering electricity; it's inventing constructs with which we can live together, and work together, and believe together. So, you know, uh, the problem is when those constructs are totally out of line with reality with what people want, then you have real problems. If you're running a business or anything else, you have real problems.
0: Well, one of your myths that you talk about is that creativity is only a frill or a luxury, and I think that a lot of people have this belief. And what is the consequence of believing that in a business context? And how do you help businesses get past that? And what's oh. the benefit of getting past that for the for a business?
1: Okay, well that's a good question. I want to go beyond the idea of a business because I look at businesses as social organizations, basically. And this could equally apply to a YMCA or a uh, or a. Red Cross, Red Feather organization or to an international organization. But any organization that has a given purpose and has a certain um, product or expertise that it offers uh, and, and a purpose or a mission, that's, uh, that's where we can look at that, that take. So the belief that it's a frill is terribly dangerous because some people think it's an add-on to what you do. You do what you do, and if you can do it a little more creatively, well, it's like bells and whistles. It's like tassels on your loafers, or
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: a different color lipstick, or whatever.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But that that really isn't the case. Uh, If you look at what you do in new ways, which is what creativity is, seeing things in new ways... um, Getting into different paradigms, which is a framework with which you see it, things change drastically. I'll give you an example. For I don't know how many thousands of years or tens of thousands of years, human beings have uh, attached something soft. It could have been moss to the end of a stick. Or it could have been old cloths or clothes. Wet it in water and clean things with it, and that notion became a mop. Mm, right, that's the concept, and you keep washing the mop out, you know, as it gets dirty, etc. Well, after those many thousands of years, Swiffer came along, and they said, "What if, what if you we sell you the handle, and you just put different ends on it, and when it's done, you throw it away? It's exactly what Gillette did with the razor blade. We used right. to scrape razors, and so." The mop part was not something you cleaned anymore. It was something you used to clean and then you discard, the same way you would with a a wet nap that you wipe your hands with, or one of those uh, antiseptic cloths that you pull out of a plastic bottle. Uh, And that's a fundamental difference and changed the whole perspective of that particular class of thing Mm
0: -hmm. and the
1: and the way it's used. So, you know, there are many people who've done... An innovation, really, is a creativity, in other words, a new way of thinking that has a useful purpose that that does work in different ways. I call it applied creativity.
0: So is that your definition of creativity?
1: My definition of creativity is very simple. It's just um, seeing or doing or understanding... Things in a new way hmm. you didn't do before, and it can be a personal transformation. It can be an aha moment where you suddenly realize something, or it can be looking, you know, looking at the corner of a room and realizing that if it was round, it would fit something differently. Or it can be any any different perspective, or just relaxing, and you know, looking at your surroundings in a new way, or going away. You, people get very creative. They've always done things to be creative, like travel or change mm-hmm. their circumstances or, or, take, uh, <laughs> or take intoxicating substances. I right. think there's an actual desire for people to change their brain set and their mindset. And um, if you're not terribly creative normally, naturally, or you don't let yourself or it's been trained out of you, one way that people have always done that, particularly in the worst of circumstances, is to drink, get stoned, get high.
0: Right. Well, automatically
1: you're going to see things in a new way. There's right. probably better ways to do it than that, as I discovered myself.
0: <laughs> so in your own uh, relationship to creativity, has there been a time where you felt disconnected from being cre- creative, and what was that like for you?
1: Well, I think so. I mean, I think I've come to a different understanding from through my own life. When I was young, I used to think of creativity as being radical or different. It's kind of like the way teenagers view being independent as being the opposite of their parents
0: mm-hmm.
1: or the authority or whatever it is. And it's kind of defining yourself by I'm not that, I'm this. And I often see examples of architecture <laughs> that are just horrible, but they've done it differently.
0: You know? right. like,
1: there's some roofs I can think of and in uh, New all <laughs> <But> these metal <laughs> metal contraptions on the top is but somebody some young architecture still disappoint nobody's done this before so I originally I started off with that notion I think, and I also saw creativity as some form of art artistic expression you know modern art or painting or poetry or some form of expression but I uh, later on I realized um, or that I had a very kind of uh, intellectual and conceptual idea about creativity that didn't, where I was dissatisfied with my own thinking. Hmm. I I would, you know, you can be different from everybody else and be absolutely unmoving and wedded to the different thing you think
0: about. Right.
1: There are all kinds of uh, (laughs) uh, unconventional people (laughs) who are rigidly unconventional. It doesn't necessarily make you creative because you think differently. It just makes mm-hmm. you think differently. So I found that I wasn't very creative, really, uh, in a lot of ways in my own life. And I didn't, even though, and I also had an intellectual approach to thinking. I took philosophy, or philosophy in college, and, and uh, was very interested in political theory and thinking and so forth. Um, and I realized that that was all very conceptual. And what it really mattered is your own perspective, and if you go deeper into your own perspectives and discover where your ideas come from, and when they were started, and how many of them are subconscious, um, that your framework of thinking is subconsciously driven, unless you make it conscious, I, I've done deeper and different idea of creativity, and because I was dissatisfied with my own thinking, talking about in my 20s, um, I began to look at ways of thinking differently First, I tried uh, the usual chemical experiments after I was uh, in an era that uh, if you can remember it right you know, there, but the uh, then I looked at really a lot of other different approaches, whether it was meditation or uh, psychological, all kinds of humanistic psychological approaches and so on to developing, and I began to realize that. Really personal change um, and allowing yourself to see things, really deeply seeing things differently and understanding your own perspective. Mm -hmm. It's it's though you were born with, you were born and grew up with a pair of glasses on your head with a certain prescription, through conditioning and everything else, and you're not aware that they're on you. That's a better analogy might be if they were contact lenses Mm -hmm. inserted in your eyes and you're not aware they're there. So unless you become aware of the underlying assumptions, and what what I've been teaching basically are tools to look at underlying assumptions and make them conscious, and then you have an op- then you have a choice of whether you're going to keep those assumptions, alter them, change them, develop well different ones on any particular topic or area. Uh, and for me, that's what uh, creativity is, and part of it is just growing, getting older, maturing, and having more experience, but you have to be open to it. It's part of being, it's kind of a continuously open mind, that's what I'm talking about, and feelings as well.
0: So you were saying that you were dissatisfied with how you were thinking. Um, If you continued thinking the way that you were, what effect would that have had on your quality of life?
1: Well, I think I would have followed a certain predestined path for myself. Um, and I mean, not that I've gone that much off any beaten track, but I, but I stopped beating the same track. <laughs> 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 I gave, gave myself options, uh, right. a lot of oh, options, okay. and I basically got out of the academic world. Although I was teaching, I was interested in teaching as personal development. Okay. Uh, people and organizational development. I've always been interested in organizational change, and so that's the direction I went in. And I, I taught in it college and you we know, the college in Montreal Dawson College in the early days I set up an alternative school within that college in as it as possible where we had uh, people doing projects that were totally multidisciplinary they were putting out a poetry magazine a poet they were um, doing sculpture and art they were doing political science they were doing video uh, uh, video and communications techniques and uh, we had we had architects there as well, at the junior college level, which was kind of amazing, and uh, that was exciting. That was a whole different way of, uh, of approaching education from
0: mm-hmm. learning, really learning with your head. A
1: whole lot of concepts, and I thought that that's very important. The companies that succeed now do it through a change in their culture. They have a right. culture where everybody believes in something. It's worthwhile going to work. There's a reason you go there, just like a good sports team, you know, has to believe in themselves and, and a spirit of glory and a goals, and be aligned with each other and relate well. It's the same with companies and organizations that succeed; otherwise, they just go in and lose their job, and uh, that never lifts above a certain level.
0: So, what is the best advice you've ever received in terms of creativity?
1: Hmm. Uh... I think the the best advice. I, I mean, I've gotten so many different uh, sources in my quest to be personally Um I I looked at things like, and I partook in things like Gestalt psychology, and what I learned there, the best advice I heard. I'll give you a couple of of quotes, and one was that. Whatever really bothers you in other people really bothers you. People you can't stand, the behaviors you can't stand. I learned the notion of projection. It's usually something <laughs> that the the phrase was: "It may be true of them, but it's certainly true of oh, me." Oh, wow!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if I find someone very, very bossy and it drives me crazy, it may be true of them, but it's certainly true of me but I'm not. I don't see that in myself. Mm-hmm. So that's one piece of advice from the personal uh, uh, growth perspective. So it's a good way of finding out <laughs> what you're not seeing in yourself by seeing what you don't like
0: you. Yeah, and it's teaching in, you to see in, those. In others
1: and in other Yeah, sorry?
0: Yeah, it's teaching you to see those underlying assumptions. Exactly. So can you share one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success?
1: I think I try. I think curiosity is the best person to have it. And I'm very curious and I read and interact with and try to have as much exposure to different interests as possible. So that's 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 important.
0: And what person inspires you to be creative?
1: Oh, there's so many. I find that I'm being inspired a lot by either humanitarians
0: mm-hmm. great-
1: Humanitarians, people who have a broader view of humanity, and thinking of Einstein. Oh, okay. I love comedy. And by the way, comedy is very, very close. It's a second cousin to creativity.
0: And do you have a favorite quote that inspires you? Uh,
1: there are several favorite, many favorite quotes in different contexts. But one quote, uh, there's a bunch of quotes from Einstein that are really terrific. Uh, one one of his quotes is: "You can never solve a problem using the same thinking about the problem." Is, right? you your chip, your pepper, yeah, I you love know, that one. Know, that one. <laughs> I came across a yeah. quote that's very appropriate to this uh, interview and this subject. That I was surprised that it was Einstein that said that, and that was that creativity is infectious. Pass it on.
0: Oh wow, that's a really good one too.
1: And uh, that's really, uh, that sums up uh, what I like to do is exploring creativity and passion.
0: Well, on that note, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. It's been fascinating to talk with you.
1: It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you very much.
0: And thank you for listening today. And don't forget, if you want to put some creativity back into your life, go to bit.ly forward slash five reasons you should write, all lowercase one word. That's bit.ly forward slash five reasons you should write, all lowercase one word. Until next week, own your creativity.